Hello and welcome to the SEO SAS podcast, where your hosts are myself, Sarah McDowell, SEO specialist at Like Mind Media, and of course we have the wonderful, beautiful, whimsical, talented in so many other areas, not just SEO, good walker and hiker, a good cat mum, a very good vegan, I think that's enough, Hannah Bryce, SEO manager at Holland and Barrett. Why do we call ourselves SEO SAS, I hear you ask? Well, I don't hear you ask because this is a podcast and we can't hear you. But anyway, we call ourselves SEO SAS because we are your special answering service when it comes to SEO. We are nerds on the subject so much so that we spend Saturdays recording this podcast and getting stuck into topics so we talk about industry friends like we get in in depth about a topic of SEO and how best to do it and what not to do we also get guests to join us so yes so we just basically have a jolly good chit chat and together all get better at SEO this show is brought to you by the team at like mind media like my media help clients find their audience and start having conversations with them, whether that's on social media, content, or even podcasts, just like this one. We're actually using their podcasting equipment right now. They're super lovely people who take time to understand your business and think like Aww. you. Thanks, Hannah. Just wanted to give you guys a quick heads up that we've set ourselves up on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that supports projects just like our podcast. So for £5 a month, you can become a premium member of the SEO SAS podcast and receive additional benefits such as bonus episodes. You'll be the first to know about episodes, events, anything that we're up to, plus more. So If that sounds like your kind of thing and you want to get involved, you have two options. You can visit www.patreon, spelt P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash SEO SAS podcast, or you can go to www.patreon.com and then in the find a creator search bar, search for SEO SAS and we'll come up. So we look forward to you guys becoming a member and enjoying those additional benefits, but we just want to quickly say thank you so much to everyone who supports our podcast. So thank you for listening, for sharing our episodes, for leaving lovely reviews and feedback, for guests that come on and chat with us. We just want to say thank you for supporting us as we couldn't do this without you guys. So yes, take care everyone. Hello, Hannah. Hello. It's a good job you had me on mute because I was actually just crying at that. That was amazing. I mean, whimsical and cat mum and I mean, yeah, jolly good chat. What on earth? I mean, how many coffees did you have in our break? (laughs) Um, I mean, I've only had two today and it's 20 to three. So that's not that bad for me. That was amazing. That's just intro goals. Well, you know, can I just ask? I don't really know what whimsical meant. It just felt nice to say. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll take it. <laughs> Isn't it kind of when you've got like, I don't know, I kind of just see like a 1940s woman in a car with a hat on and one of those nice little neck scarves driving along and everything's wonderful. And you that's would, how I would picture it. 
You would you would look fabulous in a neck scarf, Hannah. Thank you. I'll give it a go. I don't really know what week we are of lockdown. How, how are you? How are you finding stuff? I've bought myself a book all about baking. It's a blessing and a curse. It, yeah, that's what my life is now outside of work, baking. How about you? <sighs> There's only so much that variety you can give yourself during these times, isn't there? I, I do think that after lockdown, virtual quizzes or quizzes in general, people might just need a bit of a break from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will agree. Uh, I mean, they're good fun, but you know, sometimes you're just like, you're on your sixth quiz of the week. <laughs> yeah, a bit much. <laughs> but, but yes, so anyway, we have some exciting news because you would look wonderful in a neck scarf. I'll let you, I don't know what I'm talking about, Hannah, please just interrupt and take over. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so today we have a wonderful guest. We're speaking to James Congdon founder and director at With Frontier. James specializes in independent recruitment and outreach and that's what he's going to be talking to us about today. Hello James. Hey guys, thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Sorry, yes, I'm very mindful about, because you know when you're recording from home about talking over each other. Um, I thought you just went quiet, I was like you're not quiet very often usually. What's going on? Hello James, hello, how are we doing? I'm really good. Yeah, so just going back to what you were saying about talking over people, I think that's I think I've been on more Zoom calls and more video conferences than I think I've ever been on my entire life. And I think I will still never get used to that. Never never quite knowing when to talk over someone. Someone talks over to you and you're still fully aware that that person has no idea. Um, it's, yeah, I think I've definitely, I'm all Zoomed out, I'd say. Not to say that this one is probably, this one's a highlight. <laughs> I like Zoom. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to a weekend of no Zoom. Put it this way, last weekend... My nan organised the family, my nan, by the way, just a highlight, my nan organised the family quiz using Zoom, which to me is just, it's just frazzled my mind. This is my nan. I mean, applause to your nan. That's amazing. Yeah, applause. But now she knows how to use it. Um, I'm getting text messages throughout the day with links to Zooms and she's just, she has nothing to say. Have you seen those funny memes or funny videos of like grandparents on Zoom and they've got like, you can't ever really see their full face. You get a bit of an ear or like you get a really zoomed up left eye or it's a really unflattering <laughs> angle. <laughs> yes, yeah. I've had many a call with her where I'm just looking at the ceiling and in the end I just think, what's the point? What's the point? She's got us here, we're, we're halfway there. I mean, amazing work to you, Nan. But, um, but yeah, so obviously this is a bit of a different kind of Zoom call. And to kick us off, what we'd really like to do is some quick fire questions just to get to know you a bit better and so our audience can get to know you a bit better. Does that sound okay? Absolutely. Awesome. So question number one, and I already know the answer to this, dogs or cats? Dogs all day long. <laughs> you can't trust cats. You don't trust. I like cats. I don't trust them. No, I don't think they want to be trusted. I think that's probably in their like, yeah, their own sort of agenda. Oh, they don't care. They have no, yeah. they have no care. <laughs> uh, what's your favourite biscuit? Bourbon creams. I think that's how you say it. I've never quite known bourbon, bourbon, but ultimately bourbon biscuits are the ones. Uh, I can get through a whole packet in, I'm not even joking, in probably a couple of minutes. One after the Amazing. other. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, to be honest, that impresses me. So that's good. Sunbathe on the beach or swim in the sea? Sunbathe on the beach. Always. Cool. Gin or whiskey? Whiskey for me. I'm not, I'm not on board with the gin thing. I'm just not down with it. I know that's blasphemy for pretty much our whole industry. But We might have to pause the uh, podcast. I don't think we can carry on interviewing you, James. I mean, wow. <laughs> I, said, I said I didn't like it. I said I'll, I'll be sipping it. I'm sipping it. 
<laughs> uh, what's your favourite animal? Do you know what? It's still going to be a dog, but if we're talking wild animal, a giraffe. I don't know why. Just I just always liked them. They Basically. are beautiful animals. What's your most hated Google algorithm update? The most hated? I think the most hated in terms of its misuse in, in other people talking about it would would definitely be penguin i think back in the day people didn't really know what they were talking about and just kept going on about it and people still going about it now good answer and if you could eat anything right now what would it be domino's pizza <laughs> that was so fast you didn't even have to think did you you were just right there uh, even in a pandemic i risk it should you don't know <laughs> Before lockdown, me and Hannah were going to have a night because Domino's introduced their vegan pizza, didn't they? So we were meant to have a night eating that, weren't we? But then lockdown. We were. Gosh, I mean, I know there's worse things, but it stopped our pizza, more importantly. I want to look forward to it. There you go. You get that sorted next week. Take a time off the Zoom. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> well, actually, you'd have to use Zoom to eat it together. So it's a vicious cycle. Right. So. I think that we know you a bit more now, James, and that means that our audience does. So I think we should sort of delve into more SEO things. So we like to ask people how they got into this world because no one's story is the same. And it's just, yeah, it's amazing to hear how people ended up doing SEO. So could you give us a brief overview of your, a bit of your backstory? Yeah, absolutely. So do you know what? I actually started out as a journalist. I didn't really want to be a journalist. It sort of just happened. I think people kept saying that writing was your strong, writing was my strong point, and I just focused on that. So through uni, I did work experience, various magazines, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which looked good on the CV. But then, yeah, so I think as I graduated in two thousand and eight, everyone kept saying, "Look, the jobs aren't really there." So when I did get a job, a local newspaper, I just took it, and I kind of spent a year writing about lost cats, like the the theft in the local supermarket, etc. The most boring boring of stuff but then the guy kind of sort of said to me one day look we want to start marketing online we want to do this whole online thing I don't think he knew what that even meant and I'll be honest I didn't fully know what it it (laughs) held and yeah I think it kind of went from there really so it was very sort of low level stuff but trying to improve their social media presence or while I say improve just actually creating some sort of social media presence but also looking at once the website was developed looking at how that can be optimised from an SEO point of view, like the local news, etc. Getting them into Google News, for example, if you remember back in the day, people were trying to do that. I'm sure people still do. All of that sort of thing. And it kind of, it lit a fire for me, really. Um, that's when I realised that, okay, I'm never going to be the most technical of SEOs. And, and I still definitely couldn't ever claim that ever happened. But yeah, that's how I kind of got into it. So I, off the back of that, I took a job as more of like a, a content-focused SEO for a business school, then went on to an agency in a very similar role, had a couple of in-house SEO broad roles. And then, then I got into outreach and I think I realized that I can combine my, and we're probably going to talk about this later on actually, but my love for, for writing and creativity and SEO and the more technical side of it. So yeah, I got into outreach and that was me really for the last seven or eight years, more of like a, an outreach specialist and, and creative link development specialist. But yeah, that was, that's pretty much how I got into it. Hmm, very interesting and yeah I mean writing about lost cats yes so much you can do really yeah <laughs> yeah so outreach is obviously a lot more creative and I think that leads on nicely to talking a bit more about where you are now so can you give us an overview of, of what your what your life is at the minute what your work life is yeah absolutely so something I did mention before is so whilst um, I spent the last seven or eight years as an outreach specialist my last role at Verve Search International SEO agency Verve Search when while I was there 
it, it kind of started out, my remit was to help them build out the outreach offering and kind of help them to improve it and develop it. But once I'd done that and, and built a small team inadvertently without really realizing that's what's happening, my recruitment kind of fell to me a lot more, really. So then I ended up handling pretty much all of the internal recruitment without the use of recruiters for certain roles, but particularly outreach, which we just found in our own experience, not to knock not to knock the whole industry, but we just found in our experience, they didn't quite get outreach as a concept and the, and the profile of people that would work. So I took it upon myself to do that. So yeah, and that's where my kind of love for, for recruitment uh, came in. So where I'm at now, just to bring that back around to that, I've I have launched uh, with Frontier. So I'm operating as an independent recruiter for the industry, but also just to kind of, I'm also operating as an outreach consultant. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at really, which I know is a less than orthodox hybrid. But actually, I do find that kind of the two lend themselves to each other. So like recruitment and building out a team and finding the right profile of person is, is, is a solution, is a solution, is a problem that requires a solution and a, and a degree of investigation to find that person and outreach is very similar. That's kind of where I'm at at the moment. And it keeps you really fresh, I guess, as well, because you're still in the agency, the agency. you're still in the industry whilst you're also recruiting people within the industry so you're speaking the same language you 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 feel people's pain yeah absolutely so yeah so i should highlight actually, so i'm no longer at verb search but what so what i did was i, I left Verve a couple of months ago with a view to with a view to operating as an outreach consultant and an independent recruiter but then circumstance and just yeah a couple of projects i took on led me to speak with an agency that i've known very very well um called jbh content marketing they're, they're based in based in Manchester, used to be based in Northampton. And I'm going to be taking a role there as essentially like a, a consultant, helping them grow out the offering there. And I'll be doing that alongside the freelance recruitment. But yeah, sorry, going back to what you were saying, 100%, I think, I think it's a huge advantage to have first-hand insight into exactly what's required of these roles. And that's not to knock uh, independent recruiters in the recruitment industry. There are very knowledgeable people in those industries, but I do think it's a huge advantage to work the roles yourself. So you know the nuances, you know the small things that require the profiles of people that work best and what don't yeah and also the, the network helps network helps massively so i can keep my ear to the ground for, for particular people that are looking for roles so this episode is very much going to sort of stick on this theme of recruiting and what makes someone good at seo so my question is when you first started recruiting for your own seo team did you ever make any confidential bloopers and wish you'd not hired someone do you know what yeah i think anyone, <laughs> anyone that says no is lying but <laughs> 100% yeah and I think just going back to outreach and the reason I focus on that a lot is because obviously the agencies that I've been at and the offerings have, have required me to hire a huge amount of outreach people in addition to other channels but I think with outreach I think maybe four five six years ago people were inclined to just assume that traditional PR people would be perfect for outreach right it just lends itself and that's not to say there aren't there are some great traditional PRs that have, that have gone into outreach and really smashed it but actually in my experience when I've looked at people that have got on paper good amount of PR in the traditional sense they're actually not necessarily suited to the more agile style of PR that we use for outreach so anyway yes I did I hired a whole t- so two or three traditional PR people with, with solid solid profiles and it really really didn't work out it became quite toxic and yeah I had to, had to sort it out in the end but but it, other than that, I wouldn't say any huge bloopers, but, but mm. definitely just wrong assumptions. I made wrong assumptions. I just assumed that traditional PR people would all make for great outreach people. 
And I mean, that's just part and parcel, isn't it? Throughout whatever you're doing with SEO, you, you make mistakes, whether you're recruiting someone or whether you're doing an yeah. SEO task, like it's just yeah. part and parcel, but it's then learning from that, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that allowed me to, to learn exactly the type of person. So for, going back to Verve, like Verve, highly successful agency, they went from a team of four outreach people when I started to a team of 20 and then 60 in total in the whole agency. And they were all a specific profile of person. And yeah, if I hadn't have made those mistakes, I, I wouldn't, have, wouldn't have got to that point. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to know. And like you say, it's kind of an iterative approach. You just have to keep going until you get it right. And it sounds like you, you really did. Yeah. So what do you think are the main traits that a person needs to be good at SEO from your experience? Yeah, so I would say it's the three, the three main traits. So I, I think problem solvers. Problem solvers is a big one. So like people that I find like good, solid SEOs that I've worked with are people that like to get like to take things apart and put them back together but in order to solve the problem rather than sort of reverting back to SEO 101 which can be tempting when I talk about problem solvers I mean people that are ultimately they're able to tailor a solution for a particular business and their business need but then I think analytical 100% I think analytical is so key in terms of data that they're working with but also analyzing the actual even in regards to like competitive analysis like actually looking at the landscape itself rather than again just reverting back to SEO 101 every industry is slightly different and then understanding that I'd say inquisitive in I mean inquisitive is a massive one so like again going back to getting under the bonnet of something but really wanting to know how something's been put together in order to look at the architecture of a website and then take it apart rearrange it and actually try and break it to see what they can do for, for, for the greater good. I think inquisitive is massive, like wanting to teach themselves and learn. Because yes, it's great when you've got us. And it's good when you've got somebody that, that can learn from another person, but you really want somebody that takes the initiative. Yeah, so those are my, was that three? Yeah, they were great. I was okay. going to say, my maths isn't great, but I counted three. Can I throw <laughs> four? Can I go rogue? Go on then. <gasps> Tenacity, Shocking. I think tenacity like just just not giving up but i think that applies heavily to the creative side of, of seo and, and, and link building i think yeah love those completely agree with them as well absolutely mm. agree really really good points okay so now we we know what traits a seo person ideally need the next question that i want to ask you is i believe that if you don't really know seo if you compare it to the other channels and the methods it can get this reputation of being like the boring, less sexy one. And it's, and it's a frustration that I get because it's like, no, it's not. So, so yeah, would you agree that there's a bit of a misconception about how technical and geeky you need to be to do SEO? Yes, I definitely agree with it. And I think this answer, forgive me if this is a bit of a, a fence sitter answer, but bear with me, right? So I think that, I think definitely being geeky and technical, it goes, it goes a long way to being a good SEO. There's no two ways about it. But it does also depend on what, fac- what facet of SEO you're working in, really. So I think, and I th- also I think that's genuinely the beauty of the industry. But that said, some of the best SEOs I've ever had the honor of working with, really, would, they would consider to be geeks. And the SEO for them is more of a lifestyle and a hobby than, so, uh, than something, and it just happens to make them money. So I mm. think somebody has a real, real passion for SEO in that respect, then it definitely goes a long way. But I would say that there's definitely a misconception because... I myself would consider myself to have been an SEO for a decade, but I'm definitely not technical in the sense that I don't have development skills under my belt. I can't code at all, which is, which is a travesty, but I, can't, <laughs> I, but I do understand site architecture and I understand how it works and I, and I know how it can be improved and leveraged 
in order to to really push push the SEO push the SEO forward for a client. And also, like some of the some of the most creative individuals that I've ever met have been outreach folk working in working within SEO. So yeah, to loop it back around is definitely definitely a misconception. It definitely in in classic fence in style, I would say that being a geek definitely 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 helps. Geeky, be, yes, geeky does help and passion and yeah. If you if you enjoy something, I always think that like if you enjoy doing something, then naturally you're going to put more time and effort, aren't you? I suppose. Yeah, I just I just mean like people that do it for fun, like people that will sit there really take a website apart, put it together do yeah. SEO for fun. That might be considered to be geeky, but equally, that's what really drives them and that's why they're so great at what they do. So uh, the next question, I'm going to try and tempt you down off the fence <laughs> and um, I'm going to ask you, what personally do you value more, creativity and content or technical wizardry? I'm still going to sit up here a bit. Defiant. Let me explain. So I think... I'm always going to be a bit biased on this. Again, talking about my background, I came from a creative background, but then had what I would consider to be a fairly successful and enjoyable career in SEO. I come from a, as I say, I come from a content background, and I also crossed over into technical SEO for a short while. But in terms, in terms of kind of what what I would value more, and here's where it's a fence sitter. I really think the combination <laughs> both within a team is optimal. I really do. So if I was in house and I was thinking right. I've got, I've got a budget. It's not the biggest of budgets. What do I want to hire? I'd actually have one highly creative, creative SEO. Then I would have a highly technical SEO, and then have them working together directly. So I genuinely would. And I'm not just saying this to avoid the question. I would, I, I value both equally because you do need both. You need that. You need the creative edge with the way that link building has evolved. But you do also need that that person that's going to look after everything from a technical standpoint. I think you're right. I couldn't agree more. I don't blame you for fence sitting on that one. It's uh, it's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, do you know what? On that as well, like in terms of like somebody that's really technical, they can also be really creative to be fair because like you or not creative, but you somebody that will think outside of the box and understand that every industry is slightly different. So mm. working with an industry that's heavily legislated, they might be working with an industry where their competitor activities are very, very different and they need to understand that they need to the, the, the solution they come up with from a technical standpoint needs to be tailored to that industry and not don't want to talk about it but not every seo is able to do that sometimes they do revert back to the seo 101 checklist yes let's look at that so yeah because that's the uh, safe space isn't it <laughs> the security blanket so when it comes to content focus versus technical focused what are the main differences between the people you've recruited and those you know who all specialize in one of these areas so the difference between content and technical i think people that have a content background are more inclined to and people may disagree with this but they're more inclined to consider the user and the individual consumer with what they do as opposed to Potentially, there's an argument to say uh, uh, technical SEOs would be, rightly so, far more looking at what Google itself is looking for from from a technical standpoint. And obviously, there's an argument to make there that Google's told us a million times, consider the user anyway. I think the main difference is that creatives are considering the people and the human element more. People will definitely disagree with that. So I think people will definitely come back and say, no, no, that's what we all consider. But just in my experience, I feel like content people are far more inclined about that. And yeah, and depend like so comparing if you're content focused to you, like you technical, like you are going if if you're more in the technical sense, then you are going to rev- like your instinct is going to be thinking about that and vice versa yeah. with the content. So it's just, but I suppose if you understand that, understand that, and like you said, Google's 
sort of one of Google's main mission is to be the best. And I mean, at the moment, it is the best search engine. And the only way that it's going to carry on being the best is by putting the user experience first. And I think, and technical can definitely help towards that. Yeah, 100%. On the flip side, how do you know when you found someone who genuinely loves and is good at both areas? So, I mean, are these people like unicorns? Do they even (laughs) exist in your opinion? Or do you find these people either, yeah, they do exist, but they have a leaning. They either lean towards content or towards technical. Or do you actually think there's loads of them and I'm I'm just making up a load of stuff about how they're different? (laughs) No, do you know what? I think that more so these days, you, you find people that have both and it, it, it but that said it's rare I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say they're unicorns but it is rare but I think the way in my own experience I don't know about yourselves you, you may have done the same but the, the, for me it kind of shows itself again going back to outreach and the way that outreach has evolved so I think a lot I've met a lot of well a few people lately that are highly technical but they're also intrigued by the creative nature of outreach now and the fact that kind of like data-led intricate campaigns yield results right and they they're often of they often have the type of brain where they're just suited to coming up with creative data-led campaign ideas and again these people are rare but i'm finding them more and more because of the way it's evolved compared with before where link building potentially a bit less exciting let's say a bit more primitive so they just didn't really take an interest so to answer your question about kind of how do you know when they've got it, I think it's when they start talking about the projects that they're working on, but also in my working with people in previous agencies and previous roles, when they start to show an interest when it comes to coming up with these data-led campaigns. Looking at the time, do we reckon we've, Hannah, question each more or what do you think? Yeah, go for it. Yes. Okay. Because uh, obviously we've got to fit in the future, don't we? Because James is very excited. Yeah. <laughs> More fearful, more fearful, I'd say, but... (laughs) Sticking on Hannah's flip side point and about like, instead of, how about this for analogy? Rather than unicorns, more like a four-leaf clover because they do exist, but they're just very rare. Let's do it. Let's let's stick with that. (laughs) If we break these areas down further then, what are the key attributes you look for in the following types of people? Maybe you could give us like two things per type. So if we talk about outreach specialists, data analysts and client focused sales people or account managers so yeah with outreach i think i spoke about tenacity earlier and i think it's just it's key um in that i think outreach people will all tell you once they start doing it you get a lot of no's you get a lot of no's and you get a lot of knockbacks you get a lot of sometimes unjust but criticism for particular campaigns for example and what you're doing journalists might be tougher to break through to than you thought so tenacity is key like just just never giving up but also wanting to evolve a campaign and improve it as you go along to make it work people with we're talking about kind of attributes and skill sets and just going off piece a little bit but people with some sales experience have actually in my experience done really really well at outreach um interesting i'll tell you why because they're target driven for one they're also so the ability to kind of persuade and translate those skills into writing a killer outreach email really so when i'm when i used to interview people tenacity was definitely key and 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 the ability to persuade and we we would i'd try and tease that out of them whilst talking to them really i think those those are the key things again i feel like i didn't give you three there did i well we said two (laughs) two things per type so two things for outreach two things for data analysts and two things for client focused salespeople. so yeah we won't hold you to it anyway yeah 
Major outreach. Um, but also, yeah, so and definitely creativity. So I'm going to throw the last one in there. Creativity for outreach because ex-journalists do really, really well as, uh, compared with traditional PR, actually. I find that ex-journalists and people that have trained in journalism are actually better placed than PR people because ultimately they they have the ability to articulate a story and really sell it in and speak the same language as a journalist and they know what con- they know what makes for a story. And then, okay, so the next one. Sorry, yes. The next one, uh, data analysts. So without a doubt, inquisitive uh, they want to really get under the bonnet of something and then i think the ability to code is is massive like things like python i think they try that i've worked with just watching them i'm just in awe of so many so w- with python and stuff it just seems to make their life and job so just, much easier just to add in on that point it's so funny that you said about python because we've interviewed someone about python <laughs> so it's like yeah. like fate there um, like an hour ago <laughs> so i thought i was listening yeah um and then yeah what would you say about client focused salespeople and account managers i think just just the the ability to build a strong rapport strong rapport really yeah Um, but also the other one is good internal and external political skills that sounds a little bit convoluted but like obviously they've got a difficult task and they need to keep the client happy but they also don't want to alienate themselves internally and they don't want to cause unrest internally by bulldozing coming in saying client says that was crap by the way so (laughs) yeah um so yeah i think it's more the, the ability to kind of win people over on both sides and that's rare i don't know yeah that. don't that's know. Re- yeah there, there is a sort of special skill for that isn't there because yeah. like you say at the end of the day you need the clients but then you you don't want to like annoy and upset your team because then they're not going to have you back so so yeah tricky one isn't it so my last question then what do you think is better an SEO that's self-taught, who's tested lots of techniques themselves, or someone who's been mentored and knows how things should work? Okay, so my honest opinion is that, I mean, it's a no-brainer that experienced SEOs, they can impart their wisdom on, on juniors. It makes sense, and we're in a position now where the industries have moved on to a point where that's more possible now than SEOs 10 years ago. They didn't have anyone to learn from. But equally, I do. it's massively important for people that have, it's massively important that people undertake their own projects, really, because a, a wide breadth of clients and verticals if, if if an seo has that under their belt they're really really attractive to employers and they just they just make for more rounded seos but that's not necessarily feasible that somebody can gain all that in 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 their roles so i think yeah. their own projects whether it be for money or not but it's just it's key taking stuff apart putting it back together and also they've got the luxury if they're doing it in their own time of breaking something it doesn't matter they just want to see how they can fix it again so I would say self-taught is actually really key, particularly in our industry, because it's, it's constantly evolving. So yes, there are resources we all use, but they quickly become outdated as well. So if you've got somebody that sits and, uh, and they live and die by the Bibles, then they're not going mm. to do so well. Okay, they can hold their own in a conversation. They might, they might make good account managers, but not always going to be the types of people that can solve, solve problems. Yeah, I think we, we, we say that as well quite often, that actually... Until you've done it yourself, until you've given it a go, you can't really speak without much authority. Whereas if you've actually, especially, I mean, for me internally, being in, in, in-house SEO, being able to say why, if someone says, why are we doing it that way? And if I can say, well, I've done it other ways, but actually this is the best way I've found, or this actually does work. This is this, the results I've got from this last time were X compared to sort of, oh, well, I read about it and this is the best option. Yeah, no, agreed. Lovely. Right. So, I mean, there are some questions that we didn't quite get round to answering, but I think we picked out some of the key ones to ask. Would, would you agree, Hannah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you happy, James? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now it's time for my favourite part of this podcast, and it's time for the feature. <laughs> hey, right. Be shown to be a buffoon. Let's do it. <laughs> so this week it is Hannah and James going head to head. I have been given the power to uh, be the feature master. Is that is that right to say? What I want you to do is name five in one minute thirty seconds. So you will each have one minute, 30 seconds on the clock and you've got to give me five types of categories and you've got to give me as many categories as you can in that one minute and 30 seconds. Does that make sense? Did I explain that all right? Can you give us an example? Yes. So for example, I'd start the clock and I'd say, Hannah, give me five types of cake. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five ty- and then when you say that, I say, give me five types of flowers. So we have to, you can pass if you can't, but it's about getting as many categories as you can in a minute and 30 seconds. Okay. Cool. Fear- yeah. Fearful, but, let- but let's do it. Okay, <laughs> right. So James, you're going first because you're the guest and that's the polite thing to do. So are you ready? Yes, as I'll okay. ever be. Ready as you'll ever be. Right, I'm hitting, right, hit the stopwatch. You've got a minute, 30 seconds, and we'll get going. Star Wars characters. Oh, God. Uh, right, this is going to be blasphemy to everybody. Um, I, d- I don't really like Star Wars. Han Solo, uh, Luke Skywalker, um, Princess Leia, uh, Jar Jar Binks. One more. Uh, Jabba the Hutt. Things you find on a beach. Stands, shells, um, parasols, is that even a word? Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Tao's dogs. Tao's dogs, um, yes. Water. Yes, that's fine. That, that's the sea. Uh, Disney films. Um, Stephen Beauty, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Aladdin, uh, Lion King, Toy Story. Yes. Friends characters. Oh, Ross, Phoebe, Joey, uh, Chandler. Uh, oh, one more, one more, one more. Uh, At the coffee shop, he owns the coffee shop. Just thinking that Gunther is that? Yes. Wow. London Tube Stations. Uh, Okay, Kings Cross, Arnos Grove, High Barnet, um, Torridge and Whetstone, East Finchley. Yep, yep, that's five. Hairstyles. Hairstyles. Curtains, French crop. Um, Spiky is that a thing? It's not even a thing. Um, Bob. Uh, One more. Uh, mullet. Mullet. Okay, you've got five seconds. Uh, planets. Oh, God. Uh, Stop. That's a minute and 30. Uh, right, so you got six, which uh, is not bad. That was amazing. I'm already hating this because I couldn't have got most of those apart from planets and friends. <laughs> that's, where you, that's where you'd have cleaned up, though, I think. <laughs> You can you can skip because I've got lots of different categories. If you don't want to do one, then just say skip. Right. So I am resetting the clock. I am clicking start and go. Types of beer. Uh, Heineken, Budweiser, uh, Stella. Um, oh, Brewdog. One more. Uh, a beer. Guinness. Yes, that's fine. Uh, pets. Um, dog, cat, cockatoo, turtle, and a hamster. Harry Potter characters. Uh, Hagrid, Harry Potter, Hermione, 
Ron Weasley and Snape. Things you find in a fridge? Oh, um, cheese, milk, eggs, ham. This is all non-vegan stuff. And tomatoes. Marvel films? Skip. Simpson characters? Uh, Lisa Marge, Homer, um, Maggie and uh, Ralph. Types of mountains? Types of mountains. Okay, Himalayas, Swiss Alps, French Alps. Um, ooh, uh, the Welsh mountains and the Highlands. Types of exercise? Oh, God. Um, hit exercises, uh, ballet, gymnastics, athletics and boxing. Non-European countries? Oh, my word, Skip. <laughs> Names begin with H. Uh, Hannah, Helena, um, da, 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 Henry... Um, two more. You've got two seconds. Stop. Hamlet. Oh. Okay. Oh. I can I'm disappointed it. in myself. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be because you are the winner. You beat James. Way. <laughs> Hands down, to be honest. So, fair play. So, James got six, but Hannah, you got seven. Oh, phew. I, was, I think I was, um, yeah. If I ever need to warm up, let's do that because honestly... Yeah. Stress me out. Well, I mean, you didn't sound, you, you both didn't sound stressed. You both sounded cool. Oh, well, I've not heard that for a while, so I'll take that. <laughs> I sounded so old when I said that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> right, James, unfortunately, I've got a forfeit for you. Go on. Right, because you lost, you have to own up to something that you didn't know as an adult that you really should. Oh, where'd I start? Okay, I don't know. I didn't know that I really, really should how to put together IKEA furniture until a couple of weeks ago when it was ordered. Then I realised once it arrived, I need to put this together. And literally spent a day just looking at it uh, and then putting it together badly. But now I can actually say I can do it. So that was a that was an anxiety of mine for years. Whenever anyone asked me to do anything like that, I would just avoid it or just try and try and um, try and get out of it somehow. So yeah, I feel like I should have done that. You sat yeah. I felt like that was quite therapeutic for you. Yeah, well, well, you didn't, yeah, you didn't see or hear the swearing. You didn't see the swearing or the stuff flying around um, while it was going on. So I don't want to say therapeutic, but I'm glad I've done it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know that that was a forfeit for James, but Hannah, is there anything that you recently found out as an adult that you probably should have known? I can't think of anything. Have you? There's got to be something from you. Well, there is actually. Um, I, I didn't realise this, but apparently for, the, for all my life, I've been pronouncing a word wrong. Well, that's not a surprise, is it? Come on. Apparently, it's not f- floral. What? What's that? Floral. I, I thought it was pronounced floral. Ah, uh, maybe it should. Maybe we're all wrong. Maybe, maybe. Um, and yeah, and obviously there is the standard one of pot pourri. <laughs> not actually heard that word in general <laughs> since I or visit my nan maybe Potpourri. Um, and there's lots of things that I believe when I was a child so you know those power stations how like there was like there's loads of smoke this is I knew this I knew this is an adult this is a child just to sort of like yeah hammer that <laughs> um but yeah um I thought power stations is how we got clouds oh that's cute because you saw the like puffs of smoke come out the top and you were like, that's obviously how we get clouds. It's a cloud machine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe we should just keep that going. Just, it sounds 
Yeah. I mean, it's believable. How old were you when you learned it wasn't true? Oh, God, probably uh, 18. No, not 18. Oh, I don't know. Like, uh, I think you learn about clouds at about 11, don't you, in secondary school? Yeah. (laughs) Probably till then, I guess. Round about then, round about then. Um, but yes, yeah, so and someone definitely, I think one of my parents told me that dogs' years go backwards, so that was a bit weird. <laughs> that wasn't very nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, what what dog do you have? I'm guessing you've got a dog, James. Yes, yeah, so I've got a troublesome little terrier. Ah, uh, he's yeah, rescue dog, bark at absolutely anything, ah. but yeah. Yeah, he's now ironically just decided to go to sleep and behave. <laughs> Not like earlier. Not like well, yes. Well, the listeners would be none the wiser because we'll edit that bit out where he was barking. So you know, that secret is safe. <laughs> right. Yes. So that is the end of this week's podcast. Thank you very much for joining us, James, and letting us pick your brains. Thank you. Yeah, it was really interesting actually, and quite a different topic. It was nice. No, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, and I hope I answer some of those some of those questions. But I think the more as you're asking them as well, it kind of gets you thinking about it. Yeah, yeah definitely. How how can people find you? If people want to like get in contact or ask you questions or find out more of what you're doing, what is the best way of doing that? Um, so you definitely get me on LinkedIn. Um, but you know, if anyone has any questions around recruitment, whether it be so what what I'm doing at the moment, very much. Well, more so at the moment is I'm helping people out with their CVs, uh, hooking them up with freelance opportunities and consultancy where I can. So I'm not operating as a paid recruiter right now. I, I just it's, it's so yeah. If anyone needs a hand with that, even if it's just to look at the CV and sense check it, um, or to basically get me to to dig into the network and see who are looking for consultants at the moment, and then get me at James at with Frontier.com. Awesome. Yes, definitely do that. And that is awesome that you are offering that. It is great that, you know, in times of crisis like this, it does bring out the best in like people, you know, people doing what they can and doing their bit to support. Um, so that yeah. is awesome. Hannah, how can people get in touch with us? They can email us at hello at seosespodcast.com. They can find the podcast on Twitter, SEO underscore SES. You're also on Twitter, Sarah McDuck or I'm on there at SEO, SES, Hannah, and also LinkedIn. Lovely. And I'll do the plead a bit. If you do enjoy listening to our podcast, it would be ever so wonderful if you could subscribe and also give us a review if you're feeling extra generous with your love for us. So yes, I think we're just going to have to say goodbye. I've had a hoot. What about you two? Yeah, it's been it's been great. I'm still reading from losing that. <laughs> i've had a hoot too and it, yeah i'm extremely happy that the first feature i've done in ages i actually won for a change so hey. thank you both for that <laughs> right shall we say goodbye goodbye until next time <laughs>